You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Lithium disilicate is a glass ceramic with proven clinical success and is known for its excellent combination of strength and aesthetics. But restorations made with traditional lithium disilicates have some drawbacks. For one, the restoration may look great on the model, but when you put it in the mouth, it can exhibit a gray undertone or a low value. And patients seem to pick up on this rather quickly. In today's Viva podcast, we'll be talking about initial Lysipress, which is a high-strength lithium disilicate that offers dramatic improvements over traditional lithium disilicate ceramic materials. An expert on the topic, Dr. Miles Cohn, a prosthodontist from Portland, Maine, will be giving us some insight into this new material. Dr. Cohn, welcome to Dental Talk. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. Hi, Phil. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Great. Let's start right in. My first question is, so why did your practice choose to switch to GC Initial Lysipress? So I've used other lithium disilicate ceramics in the past. Um, when GC dropped their initial offering for Lysipress, one of the things that I noticed, first of all, was that it had a much higher value than typical lithium disilicate ceramics. And in your intro, you mentioned one of the things that patients notice right off the bat when we try in, say, a single central, for example, is that it looks gray or it, it looks flat or it looks dead, right? And so with the Lissy Press, it just, we just never had that issue quite like we did with um, other lithium disilicate ceramics. It just has, it, it pops. I guess that's the, the better word mm-hmm. for it, right? Sure, sure. It has a lot more fluorescence to it. It just looks vibrant. It looks alive and patients like that a lot better. Um, and so that was one of the, the main things in the beginning that I just just resonated with myself. And then obviously <laughs> with patients, you know, that's much better because there's less chair time now involved with remake or sending it back and having disappointment from both ends. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually ask later on in the podcast, um, I'll address that time, the time is money thing. So what have you found to be the big difference between GC initial Press and lithium disilicate materials that you previously prescribed? So, I mean, another another indication, you know, so now say I, I just mentioned the single centrals, right? Now say we're talking about, say, a monolithic molar, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just stain and glaze only, and it's not uncommon to have to make some small adjustments, you know, with a high-speed handpiece or something like that or with a slow speed with a rubber wheel, you know, something. Um, I found it polishes a lot better. Um, the polish is, is much nicer and the material, it's hard until you use it in your hand. It's hard to put into words, but it feels it, like it feels a lot more dense. I, I don't know how to describe it until you've done it, but like anybody who tries this that's used another lithium disilicate ceramic, when you start polishing it, you'll just notice it. It feels like there's less porosity. Um, you know, and I've had this in the past, like when I was in my residency and we'd have to, you know, we're making the restorations ourselves. And so we have to go at that time, you know, there's a lot of adjustments that have to be made. Right. So you go back to the lab, you're looking under a microscope and you're, you're grinding and polishing and you notice that bits and pieces of the rubber wheel, the, um, the silicone are getting embedded within the ceramic. And that's because of all the porosity that was in there. And mm-hmm. I just don't have that nearly to the same extent at all or if at all with um, the Lissy Press. So it's, it's like the surface hardness. Um, cause I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah. You know, words sort of escaping for how to yeah. adequately describe it. But yeah, there's like a, a, a density to it. It just feels nicer. You know what I mean? And it looks better under, and again, now I, I have four power loops that I'm using chair side, but when I go back to the lab and I'm at eight power, 16 power, there's just, um, there's fewer and fewer of those voids when I'm polishing 
with, you know, like a blue wheel, blue rubber wheel, I don't see those little particles ingrained in the ceramic, okay. right? And this isn't just like, oh, I'm using it as a resident. I mean, even when I've had master ceramics send me other lithium disilicate ceramics, I, I just, I would still see that. I mean, it's just there. It's an inherent part of the, the material that just isn't present with the, the GC Lissy Press. Uh, that's a huge, huge advantage. So, so the material seems like it has a harder finish and the value is, is higher. Um, but and then I've heard good things about cutbacks. So even though it's harder, it's it's kind of easier to to shape. Is that is that right? Yeah. So yeah. And like so, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it has a, a a solidity to it that isn't there with the other ceramics. But again, it's not difficult to adjust, right? Okay. It doesn't. You know, it's not like zirconia or something like that where there's where there's sparks flying. Right. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, it does. It polishes very well. It's very. It is very easy to polish. It's very easy to finish. Um, the margins, um, you know, and something else too, I guess, segueing into, you know, making these adjustments is that the, the material itself is a lot kinder and gentler to opposing natural dentition. Now, as, as a prosthodontist, I mean, most of my patients have, you know, restorations everywhere, but, you know, when we do get the, the occasional patient who had like a root canal on say number three, like a molar, right? And now they've got beautiful natural dentition opposing that. I don't have to worry that the restoration is going to do damage to the opposing tooth. It's very, it has a very nice natural finish to it that doesn't, I don't have to worry about three years down the road that, that restoration wearing down the opposing dentition like I would with some other materials. Yeah, that's, that's very important. I'm actually a endodontist, so I, I've seen a lot of that after root canals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, I have, yeah, I haven't done a whole lot of, uh, you know, ceramics, that's for sure. Um, and I, it, all these new materials are just something that I read about and hear from other clinicians like yourself. But the wear against natural dentition was a big factor. Um, we'd see it all the time. People would get – our patients would have root canals. They'd get it restored, and then they'd come back in five years, and we'd treat another tooth, and we'd see how yeah. the natural dentition opposing the restoration was just like, wow, did it get wiped yeah. out? Um, yeah, and I think that that's, I think that's a, a big a big factor in, in choosing this material too. Like the the grain size is just a lot smaller, and I think that probably has something to do. You know, I'm not a material scientist, but right. um, I think that has something to do. You know, GC's high density micronization or um, what they call their HDM technology, I think has a lot to do with that. And um, yeah, it's it's a big thing for me as a clinician again going forward, having to see these patients with with pros. I know it's different with endodontists. But with prosthodontics, I mean, we're married to our patients, so I'm just seeing that. <laughs> that's, why, that's, why, that's why I went into endo. I went into endo so I wouldn't be married to my patients. I know. I'll hear a lot about that from the listeners. Um, so, Mike, so here's the thing. So we all hear the adage, time is money. So it would be interesting to share with our listeners how Lizzie Press saves you time personally in your practice and also share with us any of the other key benefits that it brings to your practice. So, right. So, again, one of the things that is just like a time saver, and it's funny, you know, again, it just so happens that you're an endodontist. I'm speaking to an endodontist now. But when I would go lecture, I, I have, um, you know, on my computer, I have a, a folder full of, you know, restorations that don't look good. You know, often patients come in, and I use that for, you know, good, bad examples of things to show during my presentations. Now, keep in mind, some of those restorations are my own from, you know, residency <laughs> training over the years before Lucy Press came out. And a lot of them are with these lithium disilicate restorations, you know, during the try-in. And it just looks, again, you know, going back to the value. Mm -hmm. as, again, as a, as a certified dental technician, because I'm a CDT as well, you know, I've made, oh. I've made my share of restorations. 
And one of the things, especially when I was brand new as a novice, was constantly firing the restoration. You fire it over and over and over. And as you do that, the crystal lattice within the restoration changes and the color changes what, you know, that's what the patients notice. It's like, oh, the color has changed. This is what, you know, we would refer to, you know, as clinicians, we'd say, oh, the value has dropped, right? It looks great. Mm-hmm. So for me, again, if I'm sending to a lab and, you know, I'm not using one of my like typical ceramics, you know, for whatever reason, and they come back, it comes back and I know that it's going to like a novice technician. I know that they're probably going to fire it more often um, than they normally would, than a master technician might, you know, and you hear a lot of things about, you know, minimal number of bakes, right? So that, and that's the reason why people have this, like that one bake technique came out, right? Because you don't want to fire this porcelain over and over and over. So from a clinician standpoint, knowing that it's coming back and it's just the color is going to look good. The term that my uh, ceramist and I use now is we say that it's, it's just chameleon. It just disappears in the mouth. And nice. a big part of that is the vitality that it has just this like really rich, just warm color, especially at the neck of the tooth, mm-hmm. right? Where the restoration disappears just at the gingival margin. It just looks so nice. And again, until you, until you've used it and seen it, you have in your mind what typical ceramics look like. They look dead. They look cold. When you see this, it's just, it's a game changer. And it's, it's a really, really big deal in terms of not having to send back, you know, a single central for a remake because like the, the value had dropped. Right. With a molar, mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly with a molar, it's very rare that somebody's ever going to say, Hey, I, I don't want this. Right, right. And the thing is about the anterior teeth, the cervical part of the tooth is the critical part, is it not? Because anybody could mess around with the incisal edge and make it look perfect. Right. right. Exactly. Right. And then, right, going back to, again, talking about the molars when we do monolithic, when I do have to make some adjustments, the polishing, the, the polishability of the ceramic is just much more superior than other um, lithium disilicate restorations I had used before. One of the other things um, that for me is huge, again, I'm a specialty office, so I get <laughs> I get the really difficult cases um, mm-hmm. that everybody sends to me, you know, tetracycline stained teeth, um, teeth that have had endo, right? And the tooth looks like a, a piece of candy corn underneath the old crown. Oh, and yeah. especially the neck, right? The stump mm-hmm. of that crown is like caramel colored. It's dark. really dark. It, you know, it looks like charcoal almost. One of the really nice things that um, these these ingots have is, you know, they come in like a, so for example, say I've had an endo-treated tooth and it's got a really, really dark, the dentin underneath is extremely dark, but to add insult to injury, now the tooth is really short, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody knows like, oh, the, the natural, you know, process of thinking is, oh, I'll just use zirconia to block that out, right? right? But now you consider a very short, clinical crown, right? The, the dentin, there's very little for me to hang my hat onto. Mm-hmm. Well, if I know I need to bond something, it's nice to have an ingot that's got, say, like a medium opacity or say like lower translucency that I can still block out that dark color, but that I can bond to. Mm-hmm. So again, that's something that's, yeah, that doesn't get talked about a lot, but is for me as a specialist is huge. Being able to bond a restoration that has something with the opacity like a zirconia um, but still is like really high strength and very beautiful to still look at. Right. No, absolutely. And I can totally relate to the referrals coming to you, you getting the hard cases as an endodontist. <laughs> rarely yeah. did we get number seven, eight or nine coming into the no, office. You never get the single. Yeah. No. The and if we, if, we, if we got an anterior tooth that had an apex that you can drive a truck through. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah of it was, course. I know. Exactly. Yeah, so for me, that, 
you know, that's a big, that's a big key element that I always, you know, mention in my presentations and my lectures when I'm talking to people is like, hey, like, what do you do when you actually have to bond something because it's so short and it's dark? So I find that for me, the, the GC lets you press is a twofer, right? You can kill two birds with one stone in that instance without having to resort to zirconia. Um, and also too, again, talking, speaking of zirconia, if I have to adjust zirconia, um, you know, it, the roughness that it creates on that, um, I've never felt real comfortable about that. It doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy adjusting zirconia. Even right. again, looking through a microscope, polishing it down, I, I still wonder about that, you know, long term. And I feel much more comfortable um, with, with the thin disilicate doing that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and we respect your opinion as a prosthodontist for sure. You were actually a major in the Army, correct? Correct. Yeah. How did oh. you know? You done your good work. Yeah, I just did a little research. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You're a uh, laboratory specialist, dentist, and a major in the army. So uh, hats off to you yeah. for everything you've done. Um, so this has been great information. So one last question as we conclude this episode, Dr. Cohen. Um, as far as the patient experience when you put the restoration in, what could you describe their level of satisfaction in comparison to the traditional lithium disilicate? Oh, so, you know, like I said, when they, when we put them in, um, they're usually pretty elated, you know, even if, and you know, my ceramist and I always joke and I always, I still have this knee jerk reaction from older, um, you know, iterations of lithium disilicate that have come out in the past that, Hey, you know, pretty much guarantee that this first appointment, it's not going to go in the first time. It's going to be a try in. Mm -hmm. And I find that I have to say that less and less to patients, especially with, a single central or if we're doing say like um like a nine and ten you know anything that's what you consider an aesthetic restoration i just find that i ha i don't have to preface that nearly as much anymore saying hey we're gonna probably try it in and then send it back and you know you got to make some kind of excuse for why it didn't quite look the way that it was supposed to look but um again <laughs> the patient Generally, much happier. Obviously, like who wants to hang out in the dental chair? I mean, I'm an all right guy to talk to, but nobody wants to be. Right, nobody right. wants to be in the dental chair for long. So, I mean, that's so, that's so much. That, that's so true in every part of dentistry. The the level of confidence for the practitioner, if you can raise that level level of confidence, using a material that will give you more predictable clinical outcomes, is is huge, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And exactly what you said. Again, having it be predictable. That that is that's the you know the the main word here is predictable. Like, I just know what I'm going to get mm -hmm. when it comes back. I can, I know that it's going to have, like I said, that vitality. It's just, it's going to pop. I never have to worry about, you know, as soon as I sit the patient up from the chair, and I, I have these big, massive, you know, 10-foot windows in my operatory for that reason, because I want them to see what this is going to look like in natural daylight. Mm -hmm. And I know that as soon as I step into that sunlight and see what this looks like, they're just going to be, you know, blown away by it. Nice. And, so since we've been using this so far, it's been just, it's surpassed all of my expectations. And I know that sounds corny. And, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, even if I didn't speak for some of these companies, I would still own stock in this product just because it is such a game changing <laughs> material. You know, and I, and I don't say that lightly. You know, there's a lot of things out there that I, I use that I don't use, but this one for sure is definitely, uh, has surpassed all expectations. And I know that that is, um, that can be said. I don't mean to speak for my friends who are also lab technicians too, but I know from the lab technician side, again, because I was there, mm -hmm. so I have this for them that it's it's a major uh, breakthrough for them. You know, and one of the things too we didn't mention 
Um, you know, when I was a resident and when I was making my own lithium silicate crowns was this reaction layer, you know, mm-hmm. after the pressing, you get this, this reaction layer. And essentially, if you can imagine, you know, again, as an endodontist, like what the crown would look like, imagine there's like a, a crust on there of almost like, you know, calculus or tartar, but just uniformly throughout the tooth. And now to get that off, you either have to do some sort of micro abrasion with like mm-hmm. aluminum oxide, you know, sandblasting it. Which, again, you never really know what that does for the integrity of the crown, you know, the ceramic. Mm-hmm. Or you have to put it in a very um, mild hydrofluoric acid. And, again, from the lab standpoint, there's a huge savings in time, too. Again, if we have any lab technicians listening to this wondering, you're like, oh, should I get the ceramic or should I stick with, like, what I do? <laughs> to me, that is, like, a massive time saver from from that end of it as well. So. Yeah, no, fantastic information. I can tell by your uh, enthusiasm, Dr. Cohn, that, what you're saying is all genuine because uh, you're truly excited about this material. We definitely want to have you on future dental talk shows. It was, this was, oh, my pleasure. yeah, this was an excellent Viva podcast and, and thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And thank you very much for having me.